Hey, lady. Welcome back to part two of Megan Stouffer's interview. So in this episode, we are going to chat about the incredible design of the women, our mother's body, our intuition, our heart, and how to really truly listen to that and harness that and and trust in that and speak your voice. We're also going to hear from Megan about the the comforting, beautiful words that you can say to a woman that will mean the most to her in a time of loss and also the things not to say. And where we left off last time was a conversation that uh, Megan had had with her pediatrician on the very topic of of your body and intuition and listening to that. So that's where we're going to pick up. Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone, and that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the barf, (laughs) it's mama time. You're built this way for a reason, like you're you're a mom. We have intuitions. And I really suggest you don't use anything that helps you negate those. And if you do want, if you really decide you want to use those things, that you call me even if you have a bad feeling and it says things are fine. And so trust that gut feeling. Like yes. you have to know that you were given those feelings for a reason and how to discern them, especially pregnancy after loss. Like also how to kind of discern between what's a gut feeling and what is anxiety, you know, like what is fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it is really important. <laughs> yeah. I think note, I'm I really glad we're talking about it because I do think that in any, so many of the conversations I'm having, you know, obviously it's, they're not all lost. They're all, not all infant or miscarriage loss related. And it is so much of, you know, they had these feelings or these thoughts or they had, they had this idea and they wanted to try it and they felt like it was maybe the right thing to do. And depending on your doctor or whatever you have this, you don't want to like tell them what their job is or what they're doing wrong. Or like, you know, that you did this Google search and like, you know what you're talking about, but (laughs) it's usually more than that. There's usually more than that. And so I do think that it's, who cares, put that aside. It's worth having the conversation and mentioning and being, being an advocate for yourself and being able to just get a little bit more comfortable because it is you and it's your baby. I mean, like what could be more important than that? Right. And uh, yeah, looking back, it may not have changed anything, sure. but Adelaide had many of the same problems, that similar okay. problems that made her existence touch and go all day long. Every, I mean, like I used to have to do hour long kick counts twice a day and call in and report them. And if she didn't pass, then we had to go to labor and delivery. And And she was growth restricted in the beginning. And it may have just been coincidence. I mean, Ben went into cardiac arrest when I was 14 weeks pregnant with her and a super high risk already and living in the hospital of a coma. So like, it could have just been like, 
it could have just been the environment of what was happening in our lives and not even related to Connolly, you know, but, but there is always that thought. What if I'd been more vocal? What if I, at that 17 week appointment, when I told Ben that something was wrong, because he was, even though he was born at like 21 weeks, he was much more, much closer to 17 week growth. Okay. Okay. And that was the appointment that I walked in and was like, they're going to tell us something's wrong. And like, what if I had said something at that point? Like, no, you need to get me an ultrasound today. You know, like, and I did ask, I said, so will we do an ultrasound today? And he was like, no, not till you're 20 weeks. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Why didn't I demand one? Like, I'll wait for whatever opening you have or you I'll come back in the morning. You don't those things. Or... Yeah. I mean, you try to push those thoughts out. That's the other part of it, right? Is you do try to mentally tell yourself, you do tell yourself that like, I'm crazy. There's nothing wrong. Like, I'm fine. The doctors are telling me it's fine. Like you just try to ignore those intuitions that you do have because you want everything to be okay. Right? Like, and mostly right. a lot of times they are. So what other reason do you have to think otherwise besides? Right. Uh, Okay, yeah. this I don't know if you can no. answer this question, and I almost don't know if I should ask it, but oh, you're fine. Um, you know, I've heard other stories of women who maybe, or not even met women, but just people in general. It's like when something bad is about to happen, or they, it's like when they have this intuition, um, and and how, you know, maybe they kind of think that this was God's way of like somewhat trying to very gently prepare them. Do you feel like? Do you feel like it at all prepared you or did you, did you, were you able to like cope or grieve or like understand or anticipate it anymore and didn't help or did it make a difference? No, I don't you can answer me honestly. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think it made me question more sure. like yeah. my part in all of it, but no, cause I mean, even though I had these feelings and I mean, in some way at the end, I was like, I was right. Like, my intuition was right, but it didn't, it didn't change anything. The process, Um, yeah. It didn't, it didn't like prepare me because I don't think you can really be prepared for that. Um, I know I've kind of talked to other parents who've had losses of like older children and even like children who were really sick and they knew that there were just no other alternatives. They were just kind of to the end of treatment and it, there's just no preparing. Like there's no, even knowing it's coming from what I've heard from other parents is that there's just, even knowing you can't be prepared for what it actually is. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So I had, I, I was just like thinking about our conversation we we're about to have. And I went, what does the name Connolly mean? And I looked it up <laughs> and my, there's a couple of different, but I was one. So the one I saw that was like, oh, that's so beautiful. It was like for the Irish, the Irish meeting was love and friendship. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, so his middle name is Harding. and if, I believe it means brave. Oh my goodness. So, um, so yeah, we, we did, we didn't even know his gender. So right. When did you um, meet him? One, yeah, there's one picture in our albums from Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep where we're my husband and I are both smiling, like we're really happy. Yeah. Yeah. And so um that was when the midwife came to tell us that he was a boy. And so we hadn't had a name picked out or anything because we didn't know if he was a boy or a girl. Right. And um and so then our mid our, our photographer 
I was like, we have to pick a name that's fitting. Like, it has to belong. I'm trying to find them. <laughs> Sorry, I'm scrolling okay. the photos. Um, I would. It, I, it was. It was a recent one is. that you just reshared on Facebook. I saw it and I stared at it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it's I was, beautiful. I know I have one of. So you know how in the hospital room they have like the dry erase board that says like your yes. nurse is so and so. You're our a photographer. Like just like erased it. Like just like took it down and was like we'll figure out the adjectives. Like, what do we want to name him? Like, and she just like took over. I mean, she was there. She got there the evening of the 14th and was there all night long and into the 15th. She sounds um, amazing. Oh, she's so wonderful. She's, uh, and I think we were maybe one of the only ones that she has done. Um, okay. One of the things that she did for me was, she, so she's a professional photographer in Louisville. And she shared his photos just like she would any other newborn photo because she wanted to honor that he existed just like everybody else's baby did. And so, and she, I mean, she's very popular, you know, like that could be, I don't know if you followed any of Chrissy Teigen's online presence right now, but it could have been a point of contention and backlash for her in a business sense. Makes total sense. Yeah. Um, if, I mean, if you've read any of the comments on Chrissy and John's posts, you know, that the hate that can spew around that. And so, but she just was like, because he was here, because he existed, because he was loved, we're sharing his newborn photos, just like I do every other family. But so she just like, but for his name, she just like took over the dry race board and was like, (laughs) what are we naming him? And so we just started like, all on our cell phones, like just Googling adjectives and, and what we wanted him to be and created this name. Every so often I Google it. There's nobody else named that. (laughs) We were like Googled your own name. You know, there's, I think there's even an app for that. And it's like, there's 47. Actually, I think there were three Megan Nichols in Tipton alone. So I can't even imagine how many people have my name, but no, he doesn't exist anywhere else it's just him which um has been a point of conversation my friend Ashley her son's name is Michael and she finds comfort in the fact that she goes to Target and the guy's name tag says Michael like or that she sees a book and it says Michael or um and I even remember being like almost a little bit jealous that I never ever see Connolly's name anywhere and just within the last, oh my gosh, sometimes as a lost parent, you do some things that people would be like, what in the world? But our, one of our pastors at church has a son named Connolly. It's spelled different. And I don't even know how they pronounce it. I've never met them. Like, I don't even know them. And I called him <laughs> for a different reason. I mean, it wasn't like, yeah, I'm, but I called him and I was like, I just need to tell you how much joy like I have Facebook friends that have his name parts on my profile I don't know them at all like they're from like Australia like because I I need to I need to like see like and it it really does it's I mean and but it does it brings me joy like when there's a Connolly that lives I don't even know around the world somewhere uh, that shows up in my na- Facebook feed and they're like, you know, having a barbecue. And I'm just like, oh, yes. You know, like, I don't I know why. I, I message that. them sometimes too. <laughs> like, 
you're all, you're just in my friend's feed because you share a name with my son who means very much to me. And I just want to share your joy. Thanks and that probably makes me. them feel really good too. I mean, truly like yeah. how sweet of a message for them to receive. And I love so, it. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, so we just, that's how we came up with his name was just cool. picking adjectives that we felt like described the circumstance until we well, fell I think in love incredible. with something. Incredible. And it's very appropriate. Thanks. I, I do love his name. I do wish I saw it more often, but that's okay. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. I, I, I can get that. That's it. What's interesting perspective to have for, for anybody that I suppose picks names later down the road. That's one thing to maybe consider. Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, it's also nice because when I do see it, it's with intent, right? Oh, yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, so there's, there's just give and take yeah. on everything. But I do remember kind of feeling like, I wish I could, you know, hop down to the grocery store and see his name someplace. Yeah. But that's all right. It's a beautiful name. I, mean, I think Connolly is, is an awesome name. Like Connolly's definitely, I don't know if I had really heard it before. It's definitely one of those that I'll put in my pocket if I ever have the opportunity <laughs> to have another, truly another boy again. I love that name. Yeah. I do. I think it's really sweet. Um, Thanks. You're welcome. I wanted to ask you like, was there anything in particular that, whether it was your friends that were going through this with you or family or whatever, was there anything in particular that people would like said to you during this time that you found really, really was comforting and what you really wanted or needed to hear, even if you didn't know at the time? Yeah. So in our kind of little group, Connolly is about the oldest. Okay. Um, so it really was at least at the time it felt for me, just me. Yeah. Um, and no one that I knew personally had had this experience, but I had the things that really meant the most were when people just treated me pretty normally. Um, and one of the things I suggest to other people who know somebody in that situation who have a miscarriage or a stillbirth or is to really practice empathetic listening because it is really hard. Like, you know, when you see a new baby, like the questions you ask aren't necessarily appropriate, but we also want the chance to share our babies, like, and put them out in the world and have yeah. them acknowledged and recognized. And so I even suggest you can even like Google images for things to say that are empathetic listening that leave it open-ended. If you're just not sure what to say, like, okay. That feels really heavy and hard. I'm sure that was like just leaving that open. Yeah. But I remember I had a friend come over and um, she brought me a necklace, which was super sweet because it gave me something to kind of like, I wore every day, night and day for the longest time, but it kind of gave me something to almost like a worry stone, you know, yeah. where you like, yeah. when I was like in public or out and like the waves of grief were just kind of taking me over that it could just like be this thing that I kind of held on to and and things like that were really sweet flowers and and necklaces and mementos but at some point in time like those things have to get put away which could be their own grief process in itself you know flowers that die can be their own grief process because as a mom going through loss and that whole kind of I couldn't keep them alive thing so I like I always yeah. suggest like don't bring living things. Don't bring things that we have to keep water and fed because if it goes wrong, it's just, it 
it shouldn't. I mean, you would think in normal life, like I can't take care of a plant, but in yeah. those moments. Yeah. Um, but then she looked at me and said, like, did you, do you have pictures? Like, do you know what color his eyes were? Like, did he get your nose? Did he get Ben's? Like, things that were somewhat normal, you know, things that you would say to a new mom with a baby at home, like, oh, she got Ben's nose. Instead, she changed it to like, did she, did he have Ben's nose? Or so it was the same thing, just rephrased. Yeah. And I just remember my heart just like swelling out, like, yeah, I have pictures. Do you want to see them? Just like, yes. Oh my gosh. I get to share him with somebody because too often I think it's just like shutting down. Like people want to say they're sorry and they are, and I know they are. Yeah. And they just don't know the right thing to exactly. say. Yeah. And but, they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. I think there's so much. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think as a lost mom, you just have you in some capacity, you have to give people grace yeah. because they are trying but oh man do people say some really 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 stupid stuff and that's one of the things our group works on too it's like do not say that <laughs> that is god did not need another angel if you want to say that to me please pick one of your own to send up there like 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 i mean that sounds really harsh no like, would you pick one of yours to let go <laughs> god, don't say that to yes. me yes um god did oh, not need another that. angel one he's full on up of angels <laughs> like we're good and so, so I think just like leaving things very open-ended to let them share what they want to share. Some moms don't want to share photos or yeah. don't want to share photos in the beginning or, you know, and of course, knowing your level of relationship with that person too. Sure. Not everybody deserves a lost mom's story. You and keep saying that. I feel like you need to like talk about that a little bit. So, and I said earlier, like the semantics are very important to me because it took me a long time to figure out how to acknowledge that I have more children than two without telling people my story. Yeah. Because in the beginning, I would say things like one here on earth and one in heaven or two in heaven. And they would like, immediately be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. How old were they? And I would say, oh, I had a miscarriage and a stillbirth. And they would often yeah. the responses I got back were not kind or acknowledging or um, I mean and I had some flat out just nasty responses and and I was like okay I can't handle this hurt and you know the lady at the hair salon standing behind the desk doesn't necessarily need to know my story if I want to share it and put it out there fine but I also yeah. have to be willing to own the responses yeah. so it was almost a craft to hone how to use my language in a way and now that I've had four and a half years to do it, it's pretty natural. But in the beginning, and I wanted to acknowledge that we had lost a baby yeah. before Beckett and maybe one in between and we had lost Connolly. I wanted to acknowledge their existence. Yeah. But oftentimes opening that up to the cashier at the store or the old lady, you know, in the aisle who says something about having my hands full with two or so many people say, how many kids do you have? Yeah. Like, it's just like yeah. a question yeah. hopefully strangers ask you all it's the time so like, how do you answer it but they don't necessarily deserve your whole story because yeah. you also can't control their response and they have no personal feelings towards you to know your true story and know your heart and so there were sometimes the responses back were just like earth shattering and I didn't have the capacity for them yeah. now four and a half years out if I want to say something like oh, you know, we have two here and two in heaven. 
and somebody wants to say something back, I'm pretty quick to like shut it down. If that's what I choose. Yeah. Yeah. Say. Because th- those questions are tricky to answer. Like there's a lot of guilt I think that goes with how to answer that question. Like I know I have four kids. Yeah. You don't want to betray your I own. Two is dismissive and feels yeah. hurtful to my heart, but also you don't need, you don't deserve my heart either. um and not that they're bad people it's just they they don't know what to say back they have no game in my life yeah they may not know anybody who's gone through this experience before and so that's that intuition coming in like like I know that this conversation if I can you know and if I pour this out it's probably not going to go super well so let's just save us both Right. And so with semantics, I, I use words that always acknowledge that there are others elsewhere without. And sometimes people catch me. Sometimes I'll say like, well, I have two here at home or I have two at home or they'll say, well, like, do you have others elsewhere? <laughs> Did you misplace them? So, Did you lock them in the car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, um, but you, usually it's a safer route for me just to choose my language. And then some days I just... I'm all ready to put it all out there and yeah. deal yeah. with people <laughs> in whatever capacity they may come. Some I can give loads and loads of grace to. Others I have put in their place. <laughs> Amen. I like it. I like your style. I think it's, I think that that also is, that's needed. I just do. I mean, I just, I mean, truly, I mean, and I do, I get it. It does really have to do with, this is totally not even the same, but sometimes my response to people on what, like when they call Miles a girl, depending on how I'm feeling that day, I will either just like, hi, you know, and smile and walk on or be like, actually it's a boy. Doesn't it make him cuter that he's a boy? Like, you know, sometimes (laughs) I really rub it in a little bit, but it just depends on my attitude. So I get it. Good for you. I think that's good. (laughs) Lighten people a little, you know? I know that where I am now, I can handle those should I choose to versus how I didn't know how to process what people were saying to me. I mean, sometimes it was such shock that I just like grabbed myself and left. And I don't want anybody else to hear the words that I heard in those instances. And so if I am in the capacity and the headspace to have those conversations with people who maybe unkind I'm happy to do it <laughs> just suffer through it I think that's amazing you're incredible okay so you've already had this conversation with a woman who either has a friend or hasn't gone through it and they don't know what to say but what about what would you tell the mother what would you tell the you that was going through this then like what can they expect about this life and trauma and loss and what comforting words would you give to them I think uh... I think it's good to know that everything is normal, no matter which way you decide to take your next steps. You know, my friend who lost Michael, they decided to get pregnant again right away. I needed to wait until after Connolly's due date had come and gone. That way, naturally, he could have been born and we had been able to get pregnant again. Um, That grief can look like jumping back into normal life in public, or grief can look like you know, laying in bed and eating pints of ice cream or that grief can look a lot like anger, short temper and no patience and anxiety. Um, and that however you choose to do that is all normal. (laughs) 
my only kind of, I guess, suggestion is to give yourself time to process, to read books, to keep a journal, especially because everything will fit, you know, like there are days where the grief feels just as raw, but in general, like the sharpness, you know, it gets duller around the edges. Um, And it's not anything that ever goes away, but like all the memories that you want to keep the edges of those dull too. So keeping a journal and if you want to scream, scream. And if you throw a temper tantrum, throw a temper tantrum and to get a therapist and kind of really process it and find your footing and your grounding and knowing that it never ever goes away, but you grow around it. You find the edges dull a little bit. It's not always so sharp. It's not drowning at some point and that there will be grief about that too, because yeah. that's sometimes the heavy places where they are. So leaving the heavy place, the first time you like want to smile or laugh about something or go out or talk about having another baby that all is leaving parts behind. I think it's important to find a way to do a commemoration of some sort. You know, we used Connolly's placenta to plant a tree and we also often take clippings from the tree and give them to people as like a kindness, like doorbell ditches of um, flowers from his tree. You know, have, if you want to have a ceremony, have a ceremony honor that you lost a child even though it was not a child you had a chance to grow with here on earth, whatever that looks like for you. And I, I think that's just really important to process it all, honor that loss entirely. Um, I think oftentimes our culture and our lifestyles and people around us it is can feel dismissive like um and that's some of the when I said like not everybody deserves your story and some of the comments that I've got is that somehow or even when I called the grief share group that I wanted to join and they said like you don't count and I think it's important to know that no matter what point in time you had your miscarriage at seven weeks or stillbirth at 21 weeks or full term at 40 weeks or your baby lived for just a few hours in the hospital that you still had a relationship like you were still growing a child you were still knowing a child no i mean it is different but it's not not a loss and to honor that loss in in the capacity that um makes sense for you and and not to be dismissive of it Um, because i think culture encourages us to be dismissive of it even though we maybe our intuition again is feeling the grief and other parts of loss and what our body's changes went through and our hormones are going through and all of that and society just kind of says like it didn't count so put it away and I think I just don't think it's I don't think it's right of our culture and that we need to listen to like our inner selves and know that yeah. we lost a person and honor that. We have um, gotten so in spite good at society. Right. Yeah. I think that we, the comp- because the comparison game is so strong, we've gotten so like, we've gotten so 
good at like devaluing our own pain based on somebody else's pain or somebody else's story. And it's, we like take that so internally, I think sometimes, and we talk ourselves out of doing the thing that feels like the most right to us to be able to process anything because somebody else or something else in our head is telling us that like, we're not justified in feeling those feelings. So you just need to like, let it go and move on. Yeah. And it's a very, I think it's a brave thing to do. I mean, we talked about Chrissy Teigen and, and that's been, there's been lots of talk about her in the lost community with moms that I know kind of globally, even because the things that people are saying to her, they're saying to us, right? Like it's not just, it's not just her. What is wrong with people? I just like, why read some of those? And I just, it can send me into like a full blown, like I want to just, I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Yeah. I I am sure it goes nowhere, but every time on E! News or anybody online, all of those TMZ and stuff announce like, like the birth of like a famous person. And they're like, they became parents for the first time. I'm like, hello. Nope. They were parents 10 months ago when they got, when they conceived, please change your language. Like I'm sure nobody, it never even goes anywhere, but my hope is always that at one point in time, somebody will catch on and change the language. And, and part of it is even like our, our medical community for the longest, I quit my maternal fetal medicine pregnant with Adelaide because they refused to learn Connolly's name. They called him fetus over and over and over again. And I was like, how hard is it to write his name on the inside of my file? Yeah. You open my file anyways to say fetus. Like, (laughs) like I really lost it at one point in time. And I was like, have you lost like a parent? What if instead of saying like, I'm sorry, your mom died. I said, you had a maternal demise. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) learn his name (laughs) and then I canceled all my other appointments and I changed doctors because it's something that is gonna just have to be changed like on a million acknowledged yeah but you know what too and I just had I don't know if you got to listen but Ashley Wallace's episode that I I did with her she's been you know dealing she's been trying to have a baby for five years and something that when I, before I started this podcast and just thinking about really what the, like what mama meant to me and who I considered a mother, my views on that have changed. And since I became a mom truly in that, I do believe that as women, for the most part, if you want a child or, you know, some women have decided that they want children later in life, like maybe they just, they never thought they were going to have kids, but it is in us. Like we have this, we have the maternal instinct. We are literally created and of course, if everything works as it should, like we are literally created to do this thing, like this is what we were meant to be in mothers if we choose that. And it just, so I just feel like even from the time that you are trying to become a mom, like you have, you already are so far ahead. Uh, you know, you're already, you've already just immersed yourself into motherhood in some form or fashion, right? The fear right. and the anxiety, all the things that come. So yeah, you're totally right. Like we have got to start being more, we have just got to start acknowledging women and in this role and where it comes in all different forms and we cannot, we can't ignore it and make women feel like they're unjustified in their feelings. And who the heck are you to try to tell somebody what they should and shouldn't feel? And how are you also going to say something so just hurtful to somebody who is hurting so much? Like, you know, I just think certain people want to yeah. inflict pain. So there, there's that, but Anyway, sorry, that was a tangent, but I just... No, it's fine. I learned something really cool. This is a little bit of a tangent, too, that 
when women are pregnant with boys, and of course it might be for girls too, but because of the chromosomes of boys, they find that boys, the umbilical cord leaves behind genes and male components in the mom's blood work. Like they can find that within your blood work. So when you have, there are parts of Connolly in Adelaide because Connolly came before her and so I'll have to find the you have to I'll have yes. to find the link and send it to you because I'm probably saying it wrong like in the way of how to describe it but a friend sent it to me after he died and it was just very comforting that like part of him is actually forever embedded within my DNA Makeup. like my <laughs> my me who like it actually alters who we are so like you're altered and changed from the beginning like immediately and adoptive moms are still moms yes. you know like yes yes we're all like and there's lots of moms who mom other people's kids you know yeah. like yeah who are moms who like don't even move in with them but they mother other people it's just part of who we are yeah in in that capacity and so so yeah I just think and there's there's different parts that are hard about all of it right like People want to compare like, oh, a seven week loss to a 20 week loss to a 40 week loss. Okay, a 40 week loss is hard for this reason, but because a 20 week loss was earlier, you lost out on, you know, like there are just different, it's all the level of hard and people can only have the capacity for pain for what they have personally experienced. You know, like Joe Smo down the street cannot hold the capacity for my pain for what I've been through, but I also can't hold his, like we all have our own highest pain level and it's equal across the board. It's our highest pain is our highest pain. It's just, does that make sense? No, it does. You said that perfectly. I explained it perfectly. Yeah, no, you said it perfectly. And so there just, there just isn't any comparison. And I think doing what you just doing what you need to do and honoring that you're a mama and you were a mama the minute that that happened, you were a mama before that, when you were making dreams and creating plans and envisioning the future, you were a mama of the kid you were dreaming and longing for. And so I think just honoring all of that is so important. And so I guess that's, yeah, that's, that's just what I would say, like honoring it completely in the dreams and hopes and thoughts that you had and the baby that you lost and that no matter when it happened, it was a person that you were attached to and loved. And so um, that's all valid. I love it. I love every word that you're saying. I, this, I, this conversation is seriously for years and years, it's going to be such a special time for me. So I, I really, I know that probably sounds cheesy and mushy and that's all, that's who I am. I am cheesy and mushy, but I mean it like, this is so amazing and so special. And you're, you are seriously, I just, I feel like there's multiple times we were talking and I'm like, just blowing my mind. Truly like (laughs) this, the things, the, the ideas that you had the like true capacity for just love and, and what you're doing, like the things, if you ever have a split second where you feel like whatever you're doing is either not enough or you're wanting to do more, just know that like, I, I'm insanely impressed and honored and just like proud to even know you and say that we could have this conversation. Cause I think what you're doing is just, I just think it's amazing. So 
And you're just, thank you. You put so many great ideas out there for moms too, to be able to honor this experience. And I, I hope, I hope everybody listening, if they ever are in this position or if they know somebody, keep these in the back of your head and share with them other people. Cause I think they're brilliant. And I can only imagine how yeah, I don't have to email you email you our resource list yes because it's like etsy sites where people make okay. you know the bears that weigh the same and it's all of those things that we've kind of scoured <laughs> the internet for and created and compiled a list um okay. I would love that. and said hey here's what you can do <laughs> you know and it's the headings are on there differently like here's what you should know before you give birth here's what you should think about while you're in the hospital here's what you should look for when you're at home and things like that. So, um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we hope that we're just doing as much outreach as we can and reaching mamas and that if they find themselves in these situations that they know that their babies are loved and honored and cared for. And we particularly, I mean, like, I think every mom who's been through a loss also just is very much in love with other people's lost babies. I think that's uh, finding a community that understands how to love on your baby. That's not here because that it's a whole different ball game. And, uh, and so I think, you know, writing names in sand and taking pictures like that's, (laughs) yeah, those are big deal things because everything else got left behind, you know, everything else stopped at some point. So just kind of finding those ways to continue are, are really important. And having people around you acknowledge that. And if they don't, kick them to the curb. Yeah, find some new friends. Some people don't have the capacity. And I think that's, I think that's a shock for a lot of people is that when you have a miscarriage or stillbirth or an infant loss that the people around you and your community will change drastically. It will really shift some part on, on your own for your own reasoning. Yeah. You know, yeah. kicking people to the curb yeah. because they can't figure out how to be decent. But also some people just won't know how to handle you and handle your grief and handle your loss. And, and their fear of saying the wrong thing will keep them away or yeah. it's happened to them and it's too close and things just grow apart. I think that's a, something we talk about pretty regularly is all of us who have had miscarriages or stillbirths, our original cohort of people went through a massive shift it's gonna it affects every part of your life (laughs) it's not it's not just a one-dimensional component well it has to right because of where it's all coming from I mean like right it's all coming from your heart and that and truly like whether you consciously are making taking actions based on it or not like it's is driving a lot of your decisions whether it's fear or sadness or you know, it's just, yeah. it's all driven well, Sometimes there. things change gradually, you know, like yeah, you're around your kid every day and you look up and they look different and you've missed every <laughs> yeah. day in between, right? Like yeah. it just happened so naturally. And sometimes things in our life, like it's like a meteor hits and everything gets shuffled. Yeah. And when the dust settles, things look different. You become a different person. I mean, one of the things um, that I really struggled with is that I would look in the mirror and look like the same person. Like I looked like me, <laughs> the same person I was three days ago before my baby died. And I couldn't figure out how to look like someone whose baby, you know, like yeah, yeah. I, I thought there should be like 
some sort of insignia on my forehead or, you know, like some big flashing bulb above my head. Yeah. Said, like this has happened. And instead I just looked like myself. And, but when everything settled, I, I inside, I was just, I was a whole different person and our interactions with people were different and our interactions with the, our, you know, kid here at home was different and it just changed everything. You just don't have the capacity for stuff. <laughs> Some stuff you just nice. let go because you realize you don't need to deal with that stuff anymore. And it's good. And I think it's good to, for you to say that because I think that, I think people need to maybe have a little bit of that expectation, you yeah. know, that think everything will change and you're going to be surprised by some of the, some of the things that upset you, right? Like, like not looking like you should like looking, look, not looking like any different. I would never, you know, I wouldn't have ever thought that would be something that would have been just one more thing to swallow and, and deal with and grieve over. But it makes, it makes also total sense. I mean, you want everything else. You want everything in your life to like be almost like off centered and, and wrong and not, you know what I mean? Like if everything is normal, it just is like, doesn't, it doesn't right. feel like everything, all the feelings, right? Yes. Feel reflective of this huge event that had happened. Yeah. It was really, it was, that was an interesting experience to go through. Well, you're amazing. And I, you guys, everybody who's listening, we, we, so before, before we pushed record, we, uh, Megan provided like three or four different books that were really, really helpful for her. And I'm going to make sure that I list those and link the ones that I can. And we'll have that resource list on the show notes page. I'll have a, maybe a link for that. And then also I will share that on the website eventually. And like I said earlier, this was insanely special to me and just thank you so much. I, <laughs> I know you, the, the, the bed had to take all the kids to get out and there were some interruptions here in the back from me, but we got it done and I'm going to be mulling over this for a while. And I know I just, I'm really excited for everybody else that's on the other end of this because you just, you were amazing today. <laughs> you were so amazing. Well, thank you. I, like I said, or I think I said earlier, I just, any opportunity I can have to, you know, even if it's somebody who it doesn't happen to them, but it happens to their, you know, I've had so many middle of the night messages that like, I just found out this is happening to my cousin and she's in the hospital right now. What can I do? Or I've had women who had miscarriages and stillbirths and infant deaths 60 years ago and never told anybody. And I am the only person who knows I have, there are so many women who said like, I saw your story. I, cause we were, we did an interview for the local news station and it's online. And I've had so many complete strangers say like, you know, I had a stillbirth or I had a miscarriage in like 82 or 74 or, and I never told anybody, like my husband is the only person who even knows that this happened or like my immediate family or like, and it's just come so far too, you know, like I know women who were, who had babies closer to like the age I am now, like back then, um, you just like, gave birth and they took the baby and you woke up and you never met your baby. You never held your baby. Like there's just, so we're just kind of evolving that. And, um, the more we can talk about it, the more we can get knowledge into people's hands, whether it happens to them or not, and they can support somebody around them or they know a nurse friend that we've had that happen locally where just a nurse said like, I had this happened and I want to know how to better support them. And we just said like, 
here's all the things we've been collecting. Yeah. And so that hospital in itself has changed its protocol. And we just want to make sure that moms and babies and dads too, which we, I guess we didn't really talk about a whole lot today, but um, just feel the love and support for what they've gone through and don't feel like they get home and are just left with no safety net and that their friends and family know how to help yeah. support them. And so that's just kind of my goal and mission is to help as many people as I can. And so I hope that this reaches somebody. I mean, I don't cause I just it didn't right. happen at all, you know, but the fact is that it does. And there's not a whole lot of scientific research about why or how to prevent it. And so while it continues to happen, I want to make sure people have the most support and help and know how to find support and help as possible. Well, you're doing a really great job. I don't know what else you could do, honestly, besides what you're doing, <laughs> truly, what, besides what you're doing. Okay. All right. I like, <laughs> I like dreading hanging out because I just love it so much. All right. Well, no, you're fine. Anytime. I know. I can tell. I know. And we'll just maybe just have to have you on another time and we can cover anything in addition that we didn't talk about. And maybe it's the husband side of things. Cause I do like, I really want to shed some light on that too, because I, for me, that was a very unique experience for, for Cameron and I going through it. And I just was so impressed by a lot of it and feel like there was so much to say. And, and a lot of times when we have these conversations, of course, it is a lot about kind of our own grief and process, because I mean, that's, that's really all that we're in control of. It's what, you know, we're trying to relate to the mom and not everybody has an amazing husband or, you know, so, um, but I do think it's something important that we should cover. And yeah. I plan well, on having Cameron. Rate, yeah. The divorce rate after child loss is astronomical just because yeah. of, men cope differently and sure and and when it comes to loss during pregnancy we have like horror you know like i mean our bodies are going such through actual chemical physical changes that they just i mean you can't know if you don't yeah. know so like how they can find ways to support when they just literally will never be able to understand even like the minute you know like my boobs aren't sore anymore and that's a trigger because yeah, yeah. that means that the baby is not here, you know, like they can't yeah. relate sure. to that. Yeah. And they, and they, you know, even lots of times, first time dads of babies that make it earthside are like, it took me much longer to connect than my wife because she carried. So imagine the level of disconnect when the, when your baby doesn't make it earthside, right? Like, so I think it's all very natural but it can also be a lot to navigate when, yeah. when grief is also at play. And so, so it's yeah, so much it for, is. for both sides to understand, you know, there's so much oh, for yeah. us to understand because if you do can't, you can't, you know, if you've had the, maybe these conversations and you can navigate it, man, I can only imagine that the conversations, the communication around it and, and the hurt would be, uh, you know, would be so impacted in such a good way that, you know, we can navigate those things later on and hopefully maybe we can like, I don't know, help, help couples later down the road so that that's not something that they were having to, you know, choose between, you know? Right. All right. All right, guys. Well, you'll find all the resources on the show notes on the website and Megan, thank you so much. I can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, The opportunity to get our voices out there and, and help people out. So thank you so much. You did it beautifully. (laughs) all right i'll see you later all right bye. bye 
Hey Mamas, before you peace out. If what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF, or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast, and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy, and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire, and in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective so we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.